This is Brian, and I support Fulham FC, and I just did a podcast with a gooner and a toffee who know fucking nothing about football. You have been listening to the DU Football Show. Hey, everybody, we're back. <laughs> oh, boy. And, but it's not that Fulham guy. It's another Fulham guy that we also know really well. Yeah, but still, three out of five times we've had to open the season talking about fucking Fulham. It's the most Fulhamish thing one could do. <laughs> yes. Let's best. start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight and short. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me... I, I just don't have words for the hair anymore. I just don't. <laughs> Him, the, Sam the, Graham. The word you. pompadour comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not I, really even sure what it means. I, I have jokes. I have jokes. <laughs> I can't tell jokes anymore, but I have jokes. Uh, uh, yeah. Just it's too fucking easy. We're recording at Studio, uh, not Studio H, DU Public House. Wow. Somebody's rusty. You can tell it's the first show of the season. I already called it Junker United Football Show instead of DU Football Show. Yes, I am did. fucking up like there is no tomorrow. Uh, we are recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. We're at DU Football Show on all the social medias. And then DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Um, I'm going to confirm the use of the Discord uh, soon mm-hmm. with Smokey. And uh, and I'll make sure to include that when we, uh, when we get there. Excellent. Well, we are also, uh, as well, we've got a... We, we've joined the, the new modern day and now have a link tree as well. So with all of our links yes. and stuff. So you can go to Twitter and it's right there pinned. Our link tree has everything. And by the way, uh-huh. um, we have a Patreon, of course. Right, of course. Where we do a bunch of extra shows, a bunch of extra content. So you can mm-hmm. always sign up to that. I heard four different podcasts over our break mm-hmm. reference their Patreon. And all four of them went www. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> Okay, so all four of them are boomers like you. <laughs> no, they're all younger than me, actually. Uh-huh, and they have the same boomer mentality that you have. <laughs> Come on. Or, as I like to say, Sam, you can always zoom your ass in here. Yes. As is the case of our guest tonight, we get to welcome back our boy Jason. Jason, how's it going, brother? Hello, boys. Doing it right, cracking a lads, beer. Lads, lads. I love it, love it. Uh, hey, Jason, why don't you remind everybody who you support? Uh, the one and only Fulham FC, down by the river, you know, Craven Cottage. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you mean the team that we're not going to talk about next season, but talk about the season after that. <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, I thought the gin binge got cut a little short. It did. So let's do some more gin binge. And it's absolutely still hot outside, so it's uh, uh, poignant. Uh, Citadel Gin. Uh, it's a gin from France. Uh, this is the Jardin Tête. Um, this is 41.5 alcohol by volume, otherwise known as 83 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an infusion of 22 fruits and aromatics. Um, it's the summer garden version of Citadel Gin. Yeah. Bright and citrusy. Um, uh, melon is in there. Melon's lemon. In there. Yep. It is fucking delicious. <clears throat> yeah, it's really, really and good. And you also uh, surprised me with a Betty Buzz. Isn't this Ryan Reynolds' wife's, I can't remember her name. Blakely? Yeah, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. I just combined it there. Um, isn't this hers? I don't know. It would I'm make pretty sense. Sure. I think this is Consi- hers. Did you get it at total? Considering he owns 
Did you yeah. get it at Total Wine? Uh, no, I got it at uh, Giant, just at the local grocery okay, store. Okay, because they, they have a big thing with Total uh, with Total Wine. I think uh. this is hers. Um, but, of course, Ryan owns uh, Aviation Gin. And to wrap it all in together, Mr. Graham, um, my my new company, Westward Whiskey, that I work for now, uh, used to make this little gin brand called Aviation Gin that they sold to one Mr. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Well, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So, how they um, were able to afford to make whiskey. So I didn't pay for either of those things. Why don't you tell everybody how much they cost you? <laughs> Oh, that's the beauty of, um, well, the the four-pack of the tonic was about nine bucks, which is kind of industry standard for a quality tonic. For a quality tonic, yeah. The uh, Citadel Gin, here's what's cool about Citadel Gin. It's one of those craft gins, New World style, even though it's obviously from France. Um, They don't have any overhead because Citadel is made by the Pierre Ferrand Company, who makes Mason Ferrand Cognac. You can only use a cognac still one month a year. What the fuck are you going to do with it for the other 11 months? Make a really kick-ass gin. So this would typically, you drink this gin and you think, oh, this is a, you know, $39.99 to $45.99, like most of the craft gins out there right. are. Oh, no, this is $24.99 on the shelf. Fucking awesome. This runs the same price as a lot of your um, kind of your beef eater, Tanqueray, Bombay Sapphire, and all that good stuff, too. Oh, sweet. Um, we're going to just have to hope that the uh, mics aren't fully picking up uh, my dog barking his head off that I kindly asked the wife to put into the crate. But you know what? We got a fucking show to do. Yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do? We're like sublime, <laughs> right? right? With Lou Dog running around stage the whole time. <laughs> Heard. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. All right, boys. Uh, Sam, what else should we always do? Remember See? to please drink responsibly. You're you're also rusty. So there, there we have it. I'm rusty. You have to remind me all the fucking Cheers. <laughs> Cheers from afar, Jason. Cheers from afar. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. All right, so we start every season. Um, we always either talking about Fulham or not. <laughs> Kinda <laughs> binary relation. Hey, hold on, yeah. what, what, what's going to happen next year? One, two, three. <laughs> Relegated. Um, the <laughs> uh, well, hey, one always stays up. And you want to play alert, point? Uh, I think this is the one hurt. that stays up. Words hurt. <laughs> you want to play uh, one, two, three, point up or down? <laughs> one, two, three, down. <laughs> I'm joking, um, but. Every year we do a little segment we call Getting to Know You. It's three separate shows where we talk to supporters of the clubs that just got promoted. promoted yep. Because, frankly, we want everybody to kind of know about them. We're a show who talks about every match, so we want every club to kind of hear about the clubs that are coming up. Of course. And the other the other piece to that, too, is a lot of weird shit can happen in the championship. <laughs> you get a lot of players that want to leave, some on loan, some on permanent. Right. Some clubs, you know, have to sell off their best talent to make sure they can survive financially without all of the extra money. Cause the parachute payments only uh, cover so only bandaid over so much. Right. Um, so teams when they're coming back up, sometimes look vastly different and it's completely different to what we would have known the last time right. they were in the league. Now there is one constant, of course, Mitrovic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who broke multiple scoring records. <laughs> mm hmm. Forty-three goals in forty-four games. Wild. At one point, by like, I think it was middle of March, (laughs) he had better than a goal a game average. Wow. Yes, and 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 did for most of the season, and had broken the previous uh, record that was the new record for the championship. He had broken Ivan Tony's record by February. Yep. So So, uh, let's get into it first and foremost because when we did. The show, the first time we had uh, your buddy Brian, who handles Fulham in the USA, and we had you do our 20 for 20 show. But And then, of course, when, unfortunately, you got relegated, we had you come on to kind of go over everything that, that went along you. with that as well, which I appreciate you doing. Um, and big shout out again to Brett from Burnley to get on and do that. Because that was a gut punch of a way to go down. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. took it all in stride and talked about it and... And yeah, we only made him tear up. He didn't actually cry. It was right. good. And, but why don't you go ahead and tell us your story with Fulham? What brought you to Fulham Football Club and why you are a supporter? Yeah, I, um, back in the days, a lot of your older-ish fans may know, like, there was no soccer on TV. It just kind of wasn't a thing. You get a MLS game and, a, like, a Champions League game, like, once a week and, um, you just didn't have a lot of choice. And, and these days it's, I'm in heaven, you know, like I have an MLS team here in Atlanta that I can, I have season tickets for, and it's like never dreamed that would be a thing where I can interact 
so much, but the internet is, you know, just exploded. But back in the day, I watched the 2002 World Cup and I was like, oh man, we did so well. You know, we went to the round of 16 and got knocked out by Germany. And, and I was like, where do these guys play? Like, well, like I kind of want to be into this soccer thing. It's cool. Like it's, you know, World Cup is at least like the Olympics. You can watch the country play and cheer for them. Like what a lot of fun. Um, and so I watched for a few years and not wanting to be a, a bandwagoner. I watched the Premier League when I could and in other games and I got into playing it. And then finally, um, I think uh, I noticed that Brian McBride and Carlos Bocanegra were on the team. And I was like, oh, OK, I think I think I'm going to be a Fulham supporter. Let's see. Let's let's watch the space a little bit. And then um I was fully, fully on board, like when Clint Dipsy came to town and kept us up. And like I watched, but I watched the year before with, uh, I think it was two years before when we stayed up at the final day against Portsmouth. And just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of ever since then, it's like written in the stars. Like you, you kind of have your emotional connection to your club and everything since then. Even, even this March, I went, I was able to go over there for four games, one home and three away. And like, just the relationship with the club it's it's it can be a big club like in the Premier League but it's always a small club it's always a family club it's always got that family atmosphere um and that's what just what a hundred everybody coming yeah. back there we've always joke about them being the most polite football team in the in the country okay. i mean their 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 stands are very much just rated pg okay so it's it's like the opposite of the millwall fans it's like exactly. everybody likes us we don't yeah. care we're full of it it's just the opposite of millwall sort of so we got to shelf one thing real quick because um there's a lead you buried in there that i have to ask this question so you went over and you saw one match at home what were the three away yeah I was, gonna, I was thinking the same thing all right so blackburn was at home and then i i saw barnsley away well i saw swansea West Brom and Barnsley away, so we we Boom. won. Oh, how was West Brom? That's I mean that's that's the Hawthorne old classic ground, man. How was that? That was that was great. They have a, a heating unit or a, a, a hot water boiler or whatever as their mascot, and that's all I wanted to see when I went up there. It's just a block of like white, <laughs> like you know, foam, like parading boing, around boing. the pitch and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the sound that, that was at the end of a brutal like away stretch and we did lose that that game and and nobody was really upset cuz it was like yeah, that was great going to the Hawthorns. It's a little bit of a, a track to get to outside of, of Birmingham. Oh, uh, I can imagine. Do you still have your um, wallet? I do, I do. Um, Coming that close the, the, to Birmingham, you never yeah, know. Yeah, Somebody I, might I, jump was, you. <laughs> I was blitzed downtown after the game because I was like, fuck it, we, we lost, I don't care. And somehow I stumbled into a hostel and kept all my, like... Belongings together? Yeah, Beautiful. somehow, somehow. Did you develop so. a crack addiction? <laughs> I, I, uh, I got over that very quickly. I uh, just had to get out of town in the, in the second city and... But, uh, and then and then Swan. So you said Swansea as well. Uh, obviously, yeah, Cyril is Cyril is no longer the Cyril he used to be. But right. you still get to see Cyril the Swan for fuck's sakes. Yeah. And go, there was yeah. a guy who attacked another mascot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in that costume back in the day. Yeah, I still think it's funny that West Brom does boing boing, and the, that's the sound your water make, uh, your water heater makes before it gets relegated. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say they beat Fulham. That's probably one of Brucey's only wins because <laughs> <laughs> Brucey yeah. took over, yeah. and they fell right into mediocrity, exactly on that Brucey level that it needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> they really did, and I thought they might have more of a fighting chance, but uh, Huddersfield was a surprise team of the season in the championship. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how they made it to the playoff final i mean well some ball some ball. would also say uh barnsley too well right? well barnsley fall fell off that yeah. was oh uh, yeah right horrible Who, what was the other team that came up uh, that was in the playoff final uh you had uh, it was luton it was forest luton town. Forest, luton, and... forest it was luton. it was luton town they played in the final right because they only had a budget of like a million pounds or some shit well, they didn't play in the final but they got to the playoffs they got to the playoffs amazing. luton got to the playoffs yeah. it was huddersfield and uh forest in the uh, final. that's right huddersfield beat luton after they overturned the uh, deficit in the second. But it's also worth mentioning right. Forrest, which we'll talk about when we do the Forrest when show. When I took a break, they I were, took a break. I yeah. forgot fuck everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clearly. I just, I just think that it's your brain seeping out of those curls coming off your head. The, Might be. The, um, who, the, with... Um, There's going to be one Forrest or will, two angry Luton supporters. Uh, 
So yeah. with Forrest, I'm email you. Uh, tweet at you. <laughs> let them email. We love we love angry emails. We actually get off on them. <laughs> like we, it's <laughs> like the best. oh, you want to talk shit? Let's talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> for for Forrest, also they were in a bad way to start the season, and they shot up. The yeah, table. when Steve Cobble took over, yeah. they did like night and day. Um, yeah, so yeah, he was old. He was old Swansea uh, manager, yeah, and mm-hmm. and he he did such a great job. I don't know how they got off such a terrible start, but um, well, yeah, Force Force was a shit show prior to him taking over completely. Like the back room, really the were, ownership, yeah. the the way they bought. They, at one point, they had like a squad of like forty odd people. It was mm. like, it was ridiculous. They had to clear a bunch of dead weight out, a bunch of people that were detrimental to the to the locker room right. so but yeah i mean this is about your club again so <laughs> what what why don't you give us a little bit of a history of of fulham one of the the oldest clubs in the country um one of the oldest clubs in london actually it is the oldest club in london not the oldest club in the country i believe that goes to ooh, i'm not even going to say because y'all get a lot of emails in but i believe it's uh sheffield united i think it's it sheffield there. united officially I, I think, think they so. went by Sheffield. That, that's City still in the league. Then. Yeah. Um, but the first professional fixture ever played, so technically you could say that that's the oldest mm-hmm. professional game. Period is Aston Villa versus Everton. Right. It's the first ever professional game played. That's yeah, the, think, longest, not, the longest. The longest county rivalry. Knotts County is up there as well. Knotts but, County, um, Preston North End. I, I think I, they were not City as well back then. Yeah. That, that's I. And Nottingham Forest actually quite old as well. Speaking of them. But, yeah, Fulham was one of the first teams in London. So why don't you give us a little history about your boys? Yeah, just started as a little Sunday school club, uh, St. Andrews um, Presbyterian. Um, and they just fielded a team and, and uh, became official in uh, 1879. And, and it's very Fulhamish that even on the stadium it says uh, established in 1880 and nobody's ever taken it down because we think it's really funny that it's, you know, in the brick facade outside Craven Cottage, established 1880 when everyone is like, actually, it's 1879. So that club always had a sense of humor from the beginning. Too nice nice to say you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Too nice to say you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. And moved into uh, Archibald Leach was an architect that went up and down the country and was um, constructing stadiums um, in uh, one of the – a very famous like old architect and decided to do a, like a decent amount of football stadium. And I think he designed uh Craven cottage um, on the ground where there was an old cottage and uh, was built in 1906, I believe. I have to look up the Wikipedia, but I'm not going to right now. Um, anyway, uh, being the master architect that he was forgot to include a dressing for uh, both teams. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get the new ish cottage built along with the stadium in the corner. So now when you go to the stadium, when you walk up, like, you know, a lot of Americans are expecting like big park parking lots around stadiums and like, you just walk up and it's a street and then there's a brick facade, like looks like old timey brick and you can see a stand over the, the brick and then you get in there and you're like, Oh my goodness, like this is a whole stadium and it's right beside the river Thames and it's got, um the cottage in the corner and it's just one of the most unique you know like consistently on the list of like stadiums you have to visit in england yeah i I really want to go to craven cottage Uh, and also didn't with this build though kind of hamstring uh hamstrung y'all because craven cottage is listed as an historical site so you can't exactly build bigger you can't tear it down and redo you can't Mm -hmm. it's just like you have to only remodel existing shit basically right yeah, yeah, and so three of those sides are national historical land, right? Basically, and you can't do anything with that. But the Riverside stand, we did remodel, and I, we, we could, I couldn't sit there, but um, it holds about ten thousand more people now. Oh, good. Um, and it's a giant stand now. It looks a little bit out of place. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. So we c- can remodel the Riverside part, which we did. Now rumors. Like, there's, have There's a pool on top a and pool. everything. Yes, going. get it. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> I want to go get in the pool. Yes, that's what everybody, we always joke about that and everything. And it's kind of like Jacksonville Jaguars esque because yeah. our owner also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. But I mean, that is, uh, that's blending the old with the new. And I'm totally fine with that. And like, 
nobody nobody's upset with that in the club and the like since he's been in Khan has shown like ambition like that so well yeah um, ambition he tried to fucking buy Wembley remember <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for a second all right, so we've already hinted at this a little bit. If you're noticing, there was a few American names mentioned. Uh, Fulham has always been kind of nicknamed the America's Premier League Club. And I want you to kind of get into that, and not just obviously the player side of it, but of course the ownership side of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've always had American players. There's always been a contingent, whether it's been in the youth team sometimes or, or mostly in the first team. Um and now it seems like we're becoming more like full in Portugal, which we'll get into with the transfers and the, the manager and everything, which I'm also excited about. But, um, yeah, we've had around 11 players um, in the first team from the U.S., and it's always been consistent down the years. Currently, we have Anthony Robinson, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we have Tim Ream. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim Ream Tim occasionally Re- makes the United States national team, but uh, Jedi is yeah. a regular starting uh, right, uh, left back. I'm sorry for uh, for the United States squad right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had the privilege to meet his parents when I was over there at the Barnsley game because oh, um, cool. I heard another American asking for directions in Barnsley, which is like just go past the Brown House because they're all Brown House and it's, <laughs> nobody needs to go to an away day in Barnsley. It's not the greatest. Go to Swansea or West Brom; those are better away days. But I heard him, and, and he recognized Jedi's parents. And I was like, I guess we could go say hey. And they were so nice. There, the the mom's. I think she's from Liverpool, and the dad's from the U.S. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got a sister who plays as well. And I think she's in the women's national team. You set up uh, the, mo- the mom's but... scouts. Yeah, yeah. I think All right, so. let me. Do you still have your wallet? <laughs> <laughs> not my hubcaps. I have my wallet. Just not my hubcaps. <laughs> Brilliant. And then a little bit about the uh, ownership. Um. Yeah. Uh, Shai Khan and Tony Khan. There's a big controversy there because Shai Khan is like daddy money, you know, and then Shai Khan wants to get, I mean, uh, Shai Khan is daddy money and Tony Khan is like daddy's little rich boy and kind of wants to get in on the transfers and, you know, really impressed dad, I think a little bit too much. And he also is in with all elite wrestling and he's mm-hmm. doing a really good job with that. That suits him to a T like bombastic American kind of, um, but you know, quiet West London Fulham. That's like they don't take to him as much. So, um, but that's fine. He's he's doing okay. The transfers, like, you know, he stepped back a little bit, and he's been busier with the wrestling, which I like. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll get to the transfers in a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, so, will- like, you got to take one with the other. Is basically what it comes down to. It boils down to at the end of the day. You have it's, to take yeah. it. It's like the Cronkies or the Henry. Same thing. You got to take, yeah. you got to have the yeah. son. Right. Because the dad's not going to be that involved. Right. And even when it's to a detriment, it just is what it is. And 23 minutes exactly. into our first show of the fifth season, Graham has already brought up his pro Arsenal agenda. But it fits. Though, negative. I mean, it fits. Yeah, but it was just you bringing up <laughs> Arsenal. Somehow comparing it to yourself. <laughs> Am I defending Sam Graham? Oh, uh, no, yeah, don't because it's a, it's a poignant comparison. I, it, the other thing is I'm going to lay the controversy to rest right now. Tom Selleck's mustache is still better. Okay, heard. <laughs> End. <laughs> heard. Mr. Khan can take Ooh. that fucking rat tail wherever he wants. Oh. Okay. <laughs> mm, you were ready with that one in your back pocket. Oh, I mean, I've been thinking about it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, though, what, uh, if y'all haven't heard the Magnum PI intro, it's the best banger in the, in the history of TV, like, uh, drama shows. Like, it's the best theme song in the history of TV, Magnum PI. It's excellent. <laughs> Mustache, I don't know. It's got the curly cue with Khan and... Yeah, no, debatable. At least we don't have the MJ statue anymore. At least Michael Jackson is gone. Yeah, yeah that's good. You should have thrown him in the river. Um, so there's two yeah. things that I've wanted to bring up that I kind of missed the opportunity for, but this brings. Do you remember the Japanese baseball team that they won a championship and they were kind of not necessarily riding, but they were kind of being a little rambunctious around town. And there was a KFC, a Colonel Sanders statue, mm-hmm. out front of the KFC in that town. They picked it up, threw it in the river, and that baseball team never won another Japanese championship. To the point where, and a uh, f- 
fairly well-to-do fan commissioned a search and rescue for the statue to return it to its place and lift the curse. Well, you know, we just won a championship in the championship. Exactly. So, so right. Good. Well, MJ was a bad person, so that's good. Um, there we go. And then just the other you, one. Jason. Go, go ahead, Sam. Continue. The other one was Anger, when we baby. were talking about the mascots. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Japanese, I heard this story the other day, too. Uh, the Japanese love a mascot, uh-huh. right? To the point where PR firms will create mascots and then have them go pitch themselves to businesses like, hey, can I be your mascot? No oh, shit. <laughs> Look how it. cool I am. Yeah. It's a big thing. I think that should be more normal around the world. This is some... We got Billy Badger. We used to have Sir Craven. He was a knight. Yeah. But now we got Billy Badger and Badgers. I love it. That's Jesus good. Jesus fuck production. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. Um, so you guys have been a bit of a yo-yo club recently, obviously, as we've alluded to and joked about directly a few times now. No. Um, <laughs> what are you all doing differently this time to try and solidify your place in the Premier League? That's if any, if a very good question because that's the question that is on everybody's fucking minds at Fulham <laughs> and every Fulham fan's mind. Um and the answer is that we're just building on the successes. Thank goodness, like, we actually didn't make it into the Premier League the last time, even though we got relegated, because we kept more quality players. Um, and so we're just building on that quality bit by bit. And we have a new coach. And this is the big deal to me, is we have a new coach uh, that has done it in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. and knows what the Premier League is about. And the past few times, we've had great coaches. Some Fulham fans would disagree with me in Scotty Parker, but um, I loved him as a player. He's one of my favorite players. Coaching, he's a little bit dour. And and the way he left also left a sour taste in, in Fulham fans' mouths. But um, We've got a coach now that can do it in the Premier League. He's proven it, and he's proven it with sides that weren't necessarily that great. Mm -hmm. And he's back, and he's so determined. He's like, I can tell you he doesn't give a shit about that that, uh, first place in the championship. He is all about this season. And he wants to prove everyone wrong, and he's back with a vengeance, really. Well, that, that's it, really. It's it's a, a manager that's been there that has mm-hmm. the experience but also has something to prove. That's well, what I think is your biggest Marco, asset. Marco, Marco, Marco took us to fifth place, Everton. We're, we're battling you exactly. for the final Champions League spot literally to the last three weeks of the season. It right. was down to the wire that season. That's what I'm saying. But the way yeah. he left, because it all soured very quickly. Oh, God, yeah. He's got a point to prove. And I think that's very important and a very big asset to Fulham this yep. season is is Marco Silva and that determination, those doubts that people have over him because of his tenure with you all and uh, and with Watford. Side question for you here then, uh, Jason, because one of his biggest problems uh, at Everton was there was no, pieces. No, no plan B. No plan B. Okay, I thought nope. you were going to say set pieces. No, nah, well, yes. he definitely, definitely has trouble with set pieces. We gave up a lot of set piece goals, well, that, but that's, it was, been a, that's been a problem for was, ever since since eighteen seventy three. No shit, except, <laughs> except, except for when uh, Don Carlo. That's the only year we had a good year of set yeah, pieces nah, where I we scored God, more than we eyebrow. gave up. <laughs> yeah, the eyebrow, the eyebrow. Take it away. Yet another thing from Liverpool. God, it was. So I just wanted to be known that I made a one sentence comparison about Arsenal, and yeah. you're going on a fucking diatribe right now. <laughs> <laughs> Because I miss you, Carlo. Come back. I love you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't let Frank hear that. <laughs> um, uh, no, but it's he typically had a hard time having a plan B. How has his game management uh, improved with you guys as the head coach? Did he have, when, when the particular game plan wasn't working, was he able to shift it, and did it work then? Um. What seemed to be the the focus of us, like, more than a plan B was, like, in the championship, you don't necessarily – you can be a route one team and just smash it down the pitch and – That's why we were so good. In the- <laughs> <laughs> but we we weren't. And we'll get into that in a second, but – um, or you can be you – can, you can try to play and be really good at that and, and 
you can get away with it in the Premier League. You just it's such a tough league because you have to be so much more versatile. Like you can't play one week to the next the same. You just can't have the same game plan. Um, what was in the championship more of a concern uh, for us was the set pieces because his teams historically have just given up so many goals. And I think we gave up the fewest goals on set pieces. So it seems like he's learned from his mistakes in coming back and like having ambition in England. Um, as far as a plan B, we also, it was better than Scott Parker. Scott Parker, Scott Parker seemed like he never had a plan B mm. or never knew what kind of subs to make or never knew his players. That well, he, would well. always, he would always make them late as well. Right. Scott Parker. Yes. When, like when the game was screaming for a winger to come in or whatever. And he'd yeah. wait till the 72nd minute to do it instead of 65 or 60 minutes. Right, of course. And give that player a proper opportunity <clears throat> to to warm to build into the game and have some time to actually fucking do something. Yeah. Yes. Now, I will be a bit of an apologist. If he gets a couple weeks or a playoff final, like, to do something, or in the playoffs he did, uh, like, with Bournemouth, he will study the shit out of you, and he will give you a game plan. But, you know, week to week, it's tougher. Or, like, you know, three days or four mm -hmm. days. But – as far as Marco Silva, I don't that is, that is his weakness that I I still feel like we are just setting up for him. But like we never needed a plan B because we could counter as well as have have the majority of possession and be better at possession. Well, fuck it, y'all so, scored nineteen goals in three games. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. What was it? Seven one, seven nil, and yeah. six one or mm -hmm. some shit. Whew. Yeah, six two, and it was like, yeah. and 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 so it's almost like he he even would set us up to be like, if teams want to play against us, that's great. What really would hurt us, and what is going to be a thing that is the question that as far as a plan B, I feel like we're getting trying to get the personnel in to even stop having a plan B. I feel like we want to keep it nil-nil at halftime against a really good team like a Liverpool or a Man City and then have a ball-winning midfielder, which we brought in in the transfer window. And then, but like, once we go down a goal, that was, that was like, a tough time for us in the championship. If a team would, like, like get a goal up on us and then – because we had nine losses, which is kind of crazy mm -hmm. for a, a team that won the championship. And well, won it with the, ease, too. Well, the, the like, big thing is you didn't have a ton of draws. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, you, exactly. a lot of those where you would drop two points or whatever, that's what keeps your point total low for real. I mean, you can have a few losses, but if you're winning a majority of your games, you could rack up points very, very fucking quickly. I also recall a lot of those losses, too, being a lot of one nils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot your goal of one nils. didn't hurt a lot either. It wasn't right. a lot to really hurt your confidence there. Hmm. Yeah, I remember very early in the season, one of the ones that wasn't like one goal loss was against Coventry, at Coventry. And they beat us 4-1. They had a dodgy penalty given, and it was like, but that that was the point where it's like, all right, is this going to work? Is this guy good? Did we, like, get rid of Scott Parker to, and he wanted to leave, and now we brought in a manager that – and I'm of the opinion that he's better. We got an upgrade now. I'd agree but you like, did. Yeah, I would but, say you did. But then, but then it was like, oh, my God. It was like eight games into the season, and we lost to Coventry. You just got promoted, like, 4-1. Like, gee, fucking Christ, what are you going to do? So, but that – Sam, that's a – Great full Sam, which is how I'll refer to you since you've been on our streams. And Sam Graham has not been on our streams. Yeah, watching I, I hang out with the Fitz. I I, I like people. Right. Well, Graham South, hates baby. people. Okay. Yeah, we stream them online. So here we go. Got to hit us up on our Twitter. Anyway, yes, um, that is a question that we need. We're going to have to answer right. in the moment next year. We have to have a plan B. And what is it? Now, we don't know yet. Let's let's go ahead and get into. Uh, the signings, uh, who you've sold, uh, we're going to kind of, we'll do the targets in a second, but let's think of uh, players over the last couple of seasons that you've moved on from, you know, that, you know, were big pieces for this season and last season. And then who have you brought in to replace those players? Because you spent a lot of money the first time you came up, a lot of money, yeah. and it did not yeah. go well. We splashed the cash. It was over a hundred million or around a hundred million uh, pounds, I think. Um, 
and we got two of the guys that we bought in that window, Sarian and Gisa, are officially out now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sari's uh, Hull um, has got him. Um, his uh, character arc, his story arc was really cool because we got him back this past season um, from Turkey. We recalled him on loan and he really kind of grew to love the club again and like, you know, the chance and everything that we would sing to him. And, and so that was really cool. And it's kind of sad to see him go, but he's 30, he's 30 years old. So he doesn't have a much of a ceiling with us. Right. So I hope he does well at Hull. He's out. Um, Andre, Frank, Zambo, Angisa, all the names. Mm-hmm. Um, Angisa's out. I think he's um, gone back to, I think he's going to stay with Napoli actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big one, uh, maybe, Besides Sessegnon, um, our best ever Academy product, which I got to see live and in person when I was over there in March, was uh, is Fabio Carvalho. He's gone mm-hmm. to Liverpool, um, and he is a talent. He's got – he's a – you know, I hate to make another sports analogy on a football, soccer podcast, hey, but – He's a five-tool player, baby. Mm-hmm. He's got everything. He's got the mentality. He's got the he's got the vision. Um, even when he was linked with Liverpool the whole time, it never let him like get distracted from um wanted to do with us and helping us out. Like he's a young guy. He I think he's 20 years old now, but he, he's got the focus, he's got he the is, talent, he's got the ability. He is one of the ones who missed a penalty on the run of missed penalties the last time you were up in the prem remember there was that like six or seven penalties in a row like they just keep would keep getting penalties and everybody just, would fucking miss it them it did not matter no yeah. one could it's, make a, a it's very full of mish i don't even yeah I, I i think i shut the last season yeah. out Look, it was so Lookman, heartbreaking Lookman had we, really were, fall. we really were so close and then against mel's villa mm-hmm. you know we were like we were up for uh 10 minutes maybe and the villa scored like three on us and so we were right back down in the relegation dogfight but so those are the big ones. There's some so that more happened that to Liverpool be... too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those are the three big ones that are out that every Fulham fan, like that would be on the, the tip of their tongue. It's Carvalho, especially like number one going to Liverpool. But I, I hope he has a great career. He was great for us and like fair play to him. Like go on, son, and, and do you your thing. Get and, that uh, money and Sarah. reinvest it. Yeah. And then uh, Sari and Angisa. And, and we got somebody from Liverpool, Harry Wilson. And he he's a, oh, a winger, good. I think, do it in the Premier League. I liked Harry Wilson when he yeah. was on loan at Bournemouth uh, that final season that they were there. Yes, he was a, yes. A and good, he has only gotten better. I, I can't yeah. tell you how good he was uh, for us this season. Like, yeah, I think he's top in assists. And he did the double-double. He got uh, <laughs> double goals, double assists. I think oh, 17, assist, 17 assists, 10 goals. Thanks. But, you know, when That's you got a, a stri- striker like Mitrovic, who's banging in uh, one every game. Now, how was yeah, awesome. how was his health for you? Because when he was with Bournemouth, that was his one issue: is he got banged life, up yeah. a lot. He uh, didn't get injured that much. I think maybe he had like one like knee or or leg issue, but he played most of the games. He played most of the games well, last for, season. Forty some odd games in the championship. There's going to be at least a knock. Yeah, you know, you're going to yeah, miss the a championship is just brutal but it's a league you can never never predict like you one or two teams like yes but the rest of it you just absolutely never know uh do you have any other uh signings that you've made so far that are of significance other than like, yes. youth players so paulina and we've been dying for we need, so we need a one or two center backs we need two center backs really and we need a goalkeeper again because i don't know if rodak can do it in the prim and or or Gassaniga, but they're decent, but are they Premier League quality? We don't know. Um, l- we're linked with Bernardino, so I would love to get him in before we do our preseason in Portugal. We're linked with a right back, Kevin Mbabu. We're linked with Andreas Pereira, who was playing at Flamingo, who was at Man U. I think he can have a reset on his career. Um, Manor Solomon, we're, like the rumor is he's done the medical. He's signed. But because of the UEFA stuff, he plays at Donetsk, Shakhtar Donetsk in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait till August 1st to announce him because of the UEFA rulings and all the red tape with that. So 
Fair enough. Um, he's he's a left winger. Um, he's from Israel, but you know he's he's made a name for himself there. So, but the one guy we have brought in is Juan Paulina, and he is exactly what we need alongside Harrison Reed. Um, in the defensive midfielder, like classic number six, like going to break up play, break up any counterattacks down the center. Like we always play Arsenal, like first or second game of the year. And they tiki taka it around us for like a highlight real goal every single season. Um, and we always miss that guy that like can break up that play and he's a big physical guy. So I'm really excited. He's one of the most needed positions. Um, and we've only signed one guy so far, so mm-hmm. it's got a lot of Fulham fans really, really nervous about that. You but I who- think the Manor Solomon thing is done. They, they can't legally announce him until August 1st. Right. So, you know the uh, goalkeeping situation? Mm-hmm. There is now a plethora of goalkeepers in Newcastle. Yeah, no shit. Somebody's going to need to go on loan Yeah. or get bought. Because you've got Dubravka, mm-hmm. you've got now Nick Pope, yep. who got Who's signed. Who's going to be the starter. And then Carl Darlow, yeah. who is a perfectly serviceable Premier League goalkeeper. He pl- I thought he played fairly well. Not as good as Dubravka, but played fairly well when he had to deputize uh, Dar- for him when Dubravka was hurt all the Darlo time. Darlow and Dubravka can both can go, both get it done in the Premier League as, yeah. a, as a full-time I, keeper. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody made a pass at him. And you guys, I think, are probably best poised to do so. Because I can't think of another team that needs a goalkeeper worse right. and they're not going to go anywhere and be an automatic starter. And let's face yeah. it, new new castles, not going to ask for an arm and a leg for these players. They, they're, they print cash. They got money. Yeah. They print cash. Yeah, so they oil, really oils don't up. Care. They really don't. <laughs> and care. so, and so here's, here's my point with this too, as opposed to the past two times we've been up, we're being linked with players that are of definitively higher quality and, or have, proven themselves in the Premier League. Mm. So you get a guy like Paulinho. I'll just read you a short blurb from a sporting fan I talked with on Reddit. He said, um, I asked, like, oh, is he aggressive? Like, what's this guy like? And the guy responded to me, I've watched him play since he was, like, 16 or 17. The current version is this. Do you ever get the feeling you're watching a game and the defensive midfielder is everywhere? He shows up tackling on one side of the pitch. Ten seconds later, he's covering a passing lane on the opposite side. That's Bellini. You feel like there's four of him at any time on the field. And, like, <laughs> I I could have, like, thrown a little party there because that's exactly with Harrison Reed and Bellina. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, Harrison Reed covers every blade of grass, but he's not as tactically sound as what it sounds like Paulina. And he's got to prove himself, of course, but – we need that shield in front of our center backs. Yeah, and we oh, need to get some more center backs in. Well, that'll, but... that'll also free Harrison Reed up to be a number eight or Harry Wilson to be a number eight. That'll exactly. Be and that, and they'll and be able you, to play their you... more natural position. Yeah. And Harrison Reed with Southampton was a Premier League player. He's still a Premier League player. Like a lot of guy, more guys in our squad are mm-hmm. Premier League players. Like Harrison Reed, I, I'm not doubting. Oh, Harrison like, Reed's so, a workhorse. He'll be fine. That, yeah. that's, yes, that's yes, and he can that's touch a name you can write grass. on the on the on the team sheet every like he's one of your first two mm-hmm. three names written on that team sheet every time. Yeah. If you're Marcus exactly, Silver. and he's so when the shackles are off him, I'm so excited that we have that cover and and that guy in there. So that's literally you know, we signed him for 17 million mm-hmm. for five years. That's not bad. A yeah. decent little bit of business, that yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. We we asked you all that to ask you this. Where do you think you're going to finish? Are you staying in the Premier League? And where do you think you're going to finish in that that beloved table of ours? Yes. So, um, Forest have already signed, I think, five players for around $44 million. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's not the quantity. It's the quality with us at this point. And I think uh, those four others, Solomon Pereira and Babu Lino, we need a center back. So, like, if we can make those signings, don't have like a, a like a medium side championship team that we're trying to upgrade to the Premier League and panic by this time. So <clears throat> what I think is I think we're gonna finish around 15. And here's why. Because I think that if we can sign those players that we're looking at and like they're like, you know, quote unquote verified rooms, but think we can get them to come it's not a hard sell to get a player to come to london okay 
Right. You know? London's a very easy sell. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Even even if it's full. Yeah. Um, it's it's harder if it's Brentford and you know Chelsea. I mean, who knew hiring a Russian oligarch would be a a bad move in the long term? Who knew that? <laughs> Who know? Who knew getting in bed with a bad guy would be a bad? Well, I, I think mm. Brentford. You're talking shit about Brentford. I think that's it. It's right next to fucking Heathrow. You can go home whenever you want. You don't have to pay yeah, the cab well, fare. That's true. Yeah, you can walk to Heathrow from household. there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think around fifteenth because I think Forest and Bournemouth um, are going to go down, and I think that. <laughs> Um, the other team that's going to get relegated along with them is either going to be Southampton, Leeds, or Wolves. Um, and we beat, we're the new Portuguese outfit in the Premier League. Like, we beat Wolves to Paulinha, so I, right. I guess we're changing mm-hmm. from full America to full in Portugal, which is fine <laughs> with me as long as we stay up. I don't care. I um, So I, I tend to agree with who you think is going down on – I, I, I think, except wolves. I think yeah, the wolves is the only one I disagree with. But I also think the other one too that you have you can't look past is now Villa was man was able to manage to stay up their their second year in the league, yeah. and Leeds was able to stay up. But a lot of times, like Huddersfield Town made that big push, got up, went down their sophomore season. Mm-hmm. Sheffield went down in a blaze of glory in their second season. Sophomore slump. I yeah. I fear and wonder for Brentford. I do. Yes, I want. I, yeah, I was about that. With I knew that would make you happy with Christian Eriksen jumping ship. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that is that team was in a bad way before they got Ericus Eriksen, and then it got right while they had him. That is clearly a position they need to fill, and if they don't fill that. They in trouble, and well, it doesn't matter but, how talented they're. But I, I do, is. I do though. However, that being mm-hmm. said, I do look forward to the Walking Dead season two, Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's sorry. good. Really, it I, is a blessing that Christian Eriksen is still with us. I, I'm joking. I do, I do have one, one last question for you. I, I'm with you, Jason. I tend to agree. I do think that one team that gets promoted always stays up, and I think the team best suited to do it is Fulham. I think management makes a huge difference. In I think that. I think Marco Silva, yeah. he he's got an axe to ground and I think he's like, all right, we won the championship. Um great. We won we we got first place. Fulham have got a trophy. Awesome. Staying up shit is about more that. important than that I, trophy. I, I, I want to prove everybody that said I was wrong. I want to prove them wrong. I want to come back with a vengeance <laughs> and and I think that is the biggest thing and, and he has the experience. So that's what I'm um, as confident as I can be um, about this team. I think Fulham will probably stay up also. Yeah. I'm going to – I have a hint of a disagreement with Bournemouth. I think Scotty Parker will have learned from the last time in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and I think he will make changes to his game play, his his ma- game management, rather, mm-hmm. to give Bournemouth every step of, of, of staying up. Then he will get a better job in the Premier League Bournemouth will get relegated. He'll fail at that job, and he'll be the next English manager after Gareth Southgate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you up to the point where I just don't think their transfers in have been as good as they should be. I think his personnel is gonna is gonna fail him, and I think they're gonna get relegated. But I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I had to make the joke fit somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so. So uh, I very much worked back from the punchline in my head a second ago. <laughs> so here's the here's the question, and you already hinted at it, but I want to make sure everybody knows. And I forgot to add this to the list of questions. Would you mind to tell everybody who your direct rivals are in uh, yes. in in England in general? I mean, obviously the famous, the ever famous Gillingham. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Everybody knows this, we're starting off our fifth season talking about fucking Gillingham. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, yes, uh, they're a little bit down the down the league table, but you know, um, Brentford, of course. Um, and as Brentford see us, uh, we see Chelsea and vice versa. As far as like, oh, we think they're such a little team, but guess what? They made it to the Premier League, and we didn't. Yeah, but we did beat them in the playoff final, which we'll never get old saying. <laughs> um, so we've gone up three different ways. We've gone up in a full Wembley against Villa, 
then we beat you beat your closest rival well not closest mileage wise but like one of your closest rivals league table wise for most recent history in Brentford um in an amazing fashion and then you you are champions and you come up for the third time so like let's hope it sticks but Brentford Chelsea um, who am I forgetting? Gillingham. QPR probably um, is over that area as well. Yeah, QPR. QPR yeah, London. that's that's one. I was like, there's a huge one, but you know what? I, uh, we always beat them. So it's yeah, I mean, great. it's not I'm really like, Chelsea's the one. Yeah. It's well, Chelsea's the big one, and then they're closer. And then Brentford's become very yeah. bitter because yeah, they, and they, they and play, you know they what? They they like the little brother that gets one over on us one too many times, and mm-hmm. it's like ooh, they yeah. become a real thorn in my side. But QPR probably historically the ones that are we're closest with as far as rivalry and we ground shared with them a little bit in the early 2000s um and we tend to we tend to beat them so that's always a fun rivalry rivalry where we're like oh yeah that's good great yeah we love that so um so those would be the big three that would be qpr Brentford, and, and chelsea those would be our rival hey they got a chance to lose four west london derbies this year sure money and it'd be so full of mischief if we lost two times to Brentford and then they got relegated. But you know what? If you gave me that, I might take it. You'll be very <laughs> gracious in defeat as usual, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll we eat our sponge cakes. Shore Money's back this season, of course. This right. is where we give you um, our picks and our bets uh, mm-hmm. to better inform you on your bets. Right. So obviously we're not making bets yet. We don't right. do that until the season begins. But I wanted to pull up some of these odds. Uh, for some of the the futures of the Premier League with our newly promoted sides. Excellent. Okay. Let's do it. So, Jason, tell me if you'll be taking any of these in uh, in your betting. Oh, I will. Um, I used bet365.co.uk uh, mm-hmm. to find these odds. And to win the league, anybody want to have a guess? 2,001 for Fulham. Jason? Um, yeah, I'd have to go like 5,001. The bookies learned from Lester. It's only a thousand to one. I was going to say bookies don't <laughs> want to give out five thousand to one anymore. Yeah, they learned from their mistake. It's a thousand to one for Fulham to win the league. The top goal scorer uh, in the Premier League, uh, if you will, for of course you had to do it, Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, he is forty to one. To give you comparison, that's not terrible. Arsenal's Eddie Nketiah is sixty-six to one. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So, Which sounds about right. Yeah, not, not I mean, too shabby. Timo Werner mm-hmm. from Chelsea. Well, no, I can't do that anymore. Fuck. It'll always <laughs> be Chelsea in your head. Yeah, it will. Timo Werner, fifty to one. <laughs> well, well, so that sounds great. Yeah, Timo's, I would take those odds on Mitro. Timo's so problem, though, is you see, he sees a wide open goal and then he kicks it anywhere but the wide open goal. So, do you do you remember? Um, when we coached the boys playing my dad mm-hmm. and his team back in the day in the U18s. Yes. Um, my father was famous. When somebody shanked a shot or put it over, he'd from the side of the field in his coaching position would yell, between the poles! Just like that. <laughs> and I feel like if Mr. Uh, Senior uh, Graham Sr. was still with us, that um, we could just position him. And he would just scream at, between the poles. At Stamford Bridge for 50,000 pounds a week to scream between <laughs> the poles at Timo Werner. Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> Love it. All right, what just other bitch you got between. for us? I, I say Mitro. I say Mitro. I'll take a bet on Mitro getting 15 this season. For 40 to 1, I'd put 20 bucks on it. Yeah. Why not, not? Not out of the possibility. No, absolutely. I mean, he's not going to do it because Salah and, exists. Right. But <laughs> it's just there. Uh, yeah. To be relegated. Okay. Uh, Fulham. Six to five. Not great. Oh, Short odds. Not good. Short odds. I think that's more based on history than it yeah, is definitely. based on based on this summer and their and their performance last season. Um th- not the worst though either. Mm-hmm. Because Forest have shorter odds than that. Oh what Forrest, a forest. Forest look destitute as far as like talent. 10 to 11. They just they just they have a good coach and they brought in some signings, but yeah, they look like us in uh, eighteen nineteen. I, I'm I'm starting to get the feeling. Fair, yeah. yeah. Uh, Everton to yes. be relegated ten mm-hmm. to three. Ten mm-hmm. to three contest. Not great odds there no, either, my no. boy. Well, I mean, uh, we 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 gave them a reason to put those odds up last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Arsenal, just for context, uh, because I wanted to rub it in your face, uh, my my fine large friend mm-hmm. is uh, five hundred to one. 
500 to, to get one. relegated. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's remember where you were the first three games of the season. Oh, 0 and okay. three, bottom of the fucking table. Yeah. yeah not well, even. What are the odds for Spurs to finish above Arsenal? That's what I want to know. They I couldn't find it on the fucking thing. I couldn't <laughs> find anything fun. I was looking for fun stuff, and I couldn't find anything yeah. fun. So we got stuck with this. Um, to finish in the top half of the table is the last one that I did here uh, that I looked up. Uh, Fulham and Forest actually tied on this one, which really? is weird because the relegation was different. Right, you would have thought um, differently. Both of them, Forest and Fulham, are seven to one. <laughs> I would, I would take Fulham ahead of Forest definitely. I would take Fulham ahead of Forest. Um, what was it? I have it right here. Just give me one second, which is going to take five million years. No problem. Okay. While you're doing that, I'll I'll pull this up. Is uh, remember well, I have comparison Sh- teams Sh- to talk about. I was, okay, you can get to comparison teams. A second, I was say Sheffield in their first year, ninth place. Leeds in their first year, tenth place. So like, oh yeah, it is yeah, not yeah. out of the it, realm it, of possibility for a Wolves. newly promoted club Europa eighth League, play, eighth, uh, seventh place their first year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility for a newly promoted club to shock the league exactly. and finish in the top end of the table. Exactly. It's not. And then I'm looking at the teams that finished 10th and down this past season and uh, Newcastle, Newcastle was 11th. I think they'll finish in the top half because money. Um, <laughs> Cause I don't, money. I don't think we'll finish um, my, my true, my hope is just 17th. Right. Stay up. Just stay fan, up. But, but I'm, ex- I'm expecting with, if we get, <laughs> If we get these guys in that I want, like four or five more transfers, four of the ones I listed in a center back, I'm expecting like 11th through 16th. Very good. All right. right. What's our comparisons, Mr. Green? Your comparison teams are Liverpool and City are tied to finish in the top half of the table at one to a thousand. You have to put up a thousand British pound sterling to win (laughs) one British pound sterling. Oh, my God. <laughs> sure that's, money. Uh, you know what? You that's know what? That's a, that's a safe bet. bet, unless I take that bet. <laughs> yeah. and everybody bet the opposite. Fucking they... plane crash, and the team has to forfeit the rest of the <laughs> yes, year. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Manchester United wanted to throw this one in there, one to twelve, which I think is disrespectful, <laughs> <laughs> considering they have a literal zombie in their team. Yeah, I am so excited, actually. I can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth, but I'm so excited to watch this train wreck that is Man U. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's, like, it I, is fun to watch Man U again. Yeah. <laughs> now, Liverpool and City are becoming like Manchester United was in the late 90s and early 2000s right. and annoying the absolute fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. But watching Manchester United, I mean, if they're not the next <laughs> season of All or Nothing, mm-hmm. I'm unsubscribing from Amazon Prime. Has to be. <laughs> we need Man United to be All or Nothing. Yeah. Isn't this the season, like, not – not to get with the pro arsenal agenda, but I'm just gonna ask: Isn't this a season where Arteta either shits or get, gets off the pot? Man? I I don't think so because they're still they're backing him big time. Um, so it's gonna be a weird one, I think. It, uh, our start, we have a favorable beginning to our schedule. Um, we don't really face a top six, uh, a fellow top six side until. I think the middle of September we get back from the international break, I believe. Mm-hmm. Might Sometimes be you about just that. need the mo. You just need the mo. But I think, yeah, I I don't know if it should or get off the pot time yet. Um, I think they may give him one more season past this to figure that out um, because it was such a big rebuild. Mm-hmm. It was such okay. a big rebuild. Okay. But we And he's made some astute signings. I mean, okay, every player that we've signed I think does improve us. There are positions in which that I think we still need some – improving Mm -hmm. but there's players that like William Saliba for instance um the guy we uh bought from I think Marseille a couple Mm -hmm. seasons ago that we loaned immediately back he still hasn't played once for the team outside of preseason he's on Arsenal's roster this year he's going to be an Arsenal player this year and this new breed of um, managers I feel like Arteta has proven himself more astute than like Scott Parker or Frank Lampard or this new breed, like these new guys that are coming in. Absolutely. Always, but he also spent, have, but I feel like he's he spent, what, three, four seasons under the biggest football pervert on the face of the planet in Pep Guardiola. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I, that relationship helps. I think that's 100% why we got Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Jesus. 
You know, it, that sort of stuff is those relationships and that Rolodex that he has now after being under Pep Guardiola. So I think we do have a good opportunity to to, to crack on. I think Tottenham have strengthened in the right areas. If you're looking at immediately into next season, I think if we don't make the Champions League, but we're close again, I think he's fine. Yeah. If, you know, we finish in eighth and have no European football again after all the money they spent, they're fucking kicking the curb. Uh, Tottenham's not the team you're looking to jump. It's Chelsea that you're looking to jump to get into Champions League. That's that's the team. It's both, yeah. really, because Chelsea had their shit way at the end of the Out season. Out of all the managers, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm definitely biased, and I didn't want to come out with my anti-Brentford agenda or anything. But out of all the coaches, speaking of Chelsea, like, uh, managers I wouldn't want to play for, it's it's Thomas Tuchel. Good God. He seems like a right ass to mm. me. You know, out of all yeah. all the managers. I would agree with that. All right, cool. All right, well, that's going to uh, wrap it up. Mr. Graham, any parting words? Glad to be back for another season. Yeah. Glad y'all are still listening to us. We really appreciate you. We appreciate everybody else. We said it at the end of last season, I thought I'd start off this season doing the same thing, um, singing you all's praises, because without you all, there is no this. It's just back to me and Sam talking on the phone in the car again. Exactly. So, and that's a lot less gratifying, if if you could believe it. It it, it really is. It really is, especially especially when somebody doesn't change their uh, voicemail to being off a of vacation for two straight weeks. I did that on purpose. There, there's <laughs> some voicemails. There's some voicemails from from me where I just you know call out his manhood and tell him how he is a disappointment as a human being and things like that. So, oh, I I saved one. Oh, you saved one. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> that's the kind and of messages i leave him delete yeah i leave him that kind of stuff like <laughs> you're just a disappointment as a he's a fucking human every time i go on vacation i forget for about 10 days to change my voicemail it's still not changed and yeah. i did it on purpose to piss you the fuck off uh, well, you know, it does piss me the fuck off and i'm gonna leave you lovely voicemails like that every single time i'm changing it as soon as i get home now because the bit's done all right uh jason please plug away let everybody know where you um like-minded Fulham supporters can find you and the movement as a whole for the country. The uh, yeah, just exactly. The movement, baby. The, it's movement. the movement. For sure. You know, I just like the, fits, the last, fits are a lifestyle. Last... Fuck you, man. The yeah. fits are a fucking yeah. lifestyle. You know, you know what just popped Fulham, into my baby. head? When you said the movement, the line in Know Your Enemy from Rage Against the Machine that right. popped in my head was, we don't need the key, we'll break in. And then I applied that to Fulham very quickly and said, we don't need a key. We'll just very politely, not quietly. <laughs> With our clappers. We got clappers, too. So we, and we bought we brought charcuterie as well and cheese boards, Taurus crunch cakes. The name of yes. the episode, Getting to Know You, Fulham, We Brought Charcuterie. charcuterie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right now. That's brilliant. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. We Plug even away, sold that after we went up. We sold a champions cheese board that was engraved with the like the champions twenty one, twenty two champions. I uh, just like that. One of my last blurbs was hating on uh, Chelsea and Tuchel, but you can follow us at Fulham F I T S at Fulham Fits. We stream the games. Full Sam can tell you because he comes on and watches. I'll be on there this season. I promise. Yes, please, baby. Come on, Sam. I Brandon. promise. Yes. Um, but you can you can watch with us from anywhere in the world on Facebook. Just become a member. Preference is given to those who are of the Fulham dereliction. Um, and you just have to answer some questions. Search just Fulham in the South on Facebook, at Fulham Fits <laughs> on Instagram, and at Fulham Fits on Twitter. Um, yeah, and uh, we we will watch with opposing fans. We'll watch with anybody who wants to watch with us. So uh, come on down and, and enjoy I might join yourselves. their social groups too. I've I've hung out a couple of times with the uh, Fits, and the Fits are fucking fantastic. Great, a great crew of people. Love hanging out with them. Yeah, they're Fulham supporters. Of course they are. <laughs> they're like everyone's fucking. They're like the guy that turns up in the sweater and the khakis, yeah. to, but he's and, always so agreeable. 
and they'll bring charcuterie for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I'm a man of larger carriage, and I like greasy meats and cheeses. I'm going to DM you my address, and if I don't get a fucking charcuterie board for the first game <laughs> of the season. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Oh, Jason, thank you so very, very much for joining us. Well, the um, pleasure, pleasure. And uh, thank you, boys and girls. Please check out our link tree. That's right. Hey. We have joined Modern Society. We have a link tree that is uh, pinned to our Twitter page, yes. uh, all of our socials, dufootballshow.com. Um, we are not recording an injury time tonight because there has been a little side project that I've been doing as well, where I've been, for our Patreon listeners, doing a countdown of my 100 favorite songs. They're little uh, four to five minute bits, and there are... I'm just finished recording to song number 11, so I'll be recording 10 to 1 next week. And uh, the day Taylor arrives here in the uh, in uh, Baltimore is the day my list will end. So, and then of course we do what a fucking magical piece I, of shit that is. I know. <laughs> it, trust Jesus me, it was also Christ. it was also very odd. I'll give away a song. It was very odd that in just dumb luck that Anarchy in the UK was on July the fourth. Nice. <laughs> What's a, oh a fuck. Extra parting words. Yes. Postscript. P.S. Yes. No more Boris. He's <laughs> yes. gone. Boris is done. Yes. Yeah. Somebody, one country has gotten their shit together. There we go. Very yes. good. Exciting. And uh, Exciting. should one want to check out our Patreon, Mr. Graham, how do they go about doing uh, that? It's very easy. It's www.patreon.com <laughs> backslash DU football show. Uh, we got one sexy little $5 tier for you. Just sign up to that. You get all the extra stuff at Soundcheck, which is our actual Soundcheck, catching up from the weekend, checking our levels. Sometimes we don't get one person talking. No, we don't. <laughs> it's funny as fuck. Uh, and then Injury Time, which often <laughs> turns into DU After Dark for our uh, more you know, adult listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And all of that, of course, the Patreon link can be found on our link tree along with our closed group and our new and improved, uh, starting in just a few weeks, our new and improved Drip Shack. shack. Yep, where I cannot wait for them slides. Get some Pro Arsenal agenda gear, some Bants gear, some moment of silence for the Dutch tool up, all kinds of fun stuff. The hashtag Bants have been brilliant this summer so far. I am very excited um, uh, to see what happens the rest of the few weeks here. for Gen, for Gen Z, WWW stands for a World Wide Web. I just want to throw that in there. <laughs> well done. All right, everybody. Till next week. Bye, Boomer. See ya. Up the Fulham. Come on, you ones. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!